you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. This show exists to help you build a thriving, creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, antijpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you, where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. the show we have a super duper special guest my friend illustrator andrea pippins andrea and i met at icon the illustration conference this past july we were sat next to each other at a private dinner and we got chatting and i found out that she lives in stockholm and if you guys have been following me for a little while you know that i went to stockholm early earlier this year and just fell deep in love with that city. It was one of my all-time favorite trips. So we started chatting about the city and I got to know her illustration and her really phenomenal career path from Hallmark to Nick at Night to freelance illustrator living in Stockholm. And then ultimately the main sta- a main stage speaker at the Icon Conference. And so long story short, I had a super great time chatting with Andrea and ultimately becoming her friend And uh, I was just desperate to share her with all of you guys. So we got chatting. We did a little interview while I was at the conference. Andrea is a really accomplished illustrator, and she's been featured in the likes of, oh, the Oprah Magazine, Family Circle, the Huffington Post. She's done work with Free People, Lincoln Center, and the National Museum of African American History and Culture. She's the author of I Love My Hair, a coloring book featuring her illustrations celebrating 
various hairstyles and textures and becoming me for young women to color doodle and brainstorm their way to a creative life, which you know really jazzes me. Uh, <laughs> Andrea's new book, Young, Gifted, and Black, is out now by Wide-Eyed Books. Andrea produces artwork with a mission to create what she wants to see and a vision to empower women and girls of color and people in un underserved communities with visual tools to own and tell their own stories. So I think that if you guys listen to this podcast at all, you know that my mission and my passion to help creative people and, and to, to show people things they can't see any other way uh, without illustration, um, you know that there's tons of overlap between me and Andrea's passions and interests and missions. And uh, I am just thrilled to give her a megaphone to be on this show and, and tell her story and get the word out to even more folks about her work. So all this big fancy stuff is great and all, but most importantly, I just want to say that uh, Andrea is a super lovely person and I was super inspired by her. And I know that you guys will too you will too be inspired by her. <laughs> Here she is, Andrea Pippins. So, what what you you were at Hallmark at some I point? I did work at Hallmark. All right. Yes. Maybe we'll get there in a minute, but okay. I'm going to go a different way. <laughs> before you were an illustrator, mm -hmm. before you knew that was a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, if I met you then, and I said, who are you? What would you say? Then as in when I was working at Hallmark? Or no, I mean then? before illustration was in your life. So your okay. childhood, uh, who you, what okay. your identity was before oh, it was man. illustration. What was, what was the ordinary world before mm -hmm. magical illustration came along? Wow. Um, I've only been an illustrator for three years. Okay. Officially. So before that, it was like just a, a lifelong of stuff. But as a kid, man, I was um, a storyteller. Yeah. I loved to write stories. I loved reading books, going to the library. My mom, she would take me all the time and I would get these stacks of books and she would hope that I would take a mom to read them and I would finish them in a week and we'd be back at the library. My daughter's the same, by the way. <laughs> really? Yeah, we go to the library all the time. All the time. She tears through these books. Yes. I she's did. a crazy reader. It's I mean, to this day, I just I love books. I feel like in a previous life, I would have been a librarian. Right. In another life, I would have been yeah. a librarian. But yes. yeah, so books w were my thing. Um, and I would say writing stories in addition to reading books and then also drawing. So doing my illustrations to the stories that I would create. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, from looking at your work and knowing a bit about you, do you, I mean, it looks like you're mostly illustrating other people's stories mm -hmm. still. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to do writing more? I think so. So I'm actually this um, fall, yeah. October, releasing my first kind of adult book. Okay. Adult book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sounds right, but, yeah. um, Grown so, up book. Yeah, grown <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not. I don't know what you're going to say. Let's see what this goes. <laughs> But um, it's my first time, I mean, it's nonfiction, but I'm talking about my journey in uh, the creative process and things that influence my work as well. I mean, the main thing is about the community that's supporting me through my Is this my, Becoming Me? This is called... That, um, one's, that one's already out. It's already yeah. out. 
This is We Inspire Me. Okay. So it bas- it's like an anthology of my writings, other essays from other people who contributed to the book. Um, but it really ignited the fire me to write more. Mm. So I'm hoping in the future that I can write a novel, something fiction yeah. later on. Because I, I think at the core of what I want to do with my work is storytelling. And who you are. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's uh, real quick go dive into this book then a little bit. Let's okay. just talk about what what were you writing about? What, sure. What's this? The We what Inspire Me. Yeah. So We Inspire Me is all about community and nurturing your tribe. Mm. So when I think about my career and the successes that I've experienced, they wouldn't have happened without the people who've been supporting my dreams. And I wanted to not only share that experience, but also share the stories of these people who are just phenomenal artists, entrepreneurs, teachers, um, so giving them a platform to do so. Mm. And the book... It shares their stories, but it also gives like tips and advice on how do you how do you nurture your community, how do you give back, how do you serve, and also how do you take, you know, how do you how do you receive? Sure that, how do you, exactly? How yeah. do you receive? Yes, take sounds really aggressive, right? Yeah, no, it's just, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean. Uh, I think you mean receive. <laughs> your aggressiveness. It's such, a, it's such a better word. No, but yeah, but, but receiving help and receiving um, the support to reach your dreams. So. Mm. Do you have exa- Do you have real? Do you have a specific examples of mm. people that poured into you at key mm. moments? Yes, I do. Um, well, I would say my professors in college really believed in me because I came. I went to school for graphic design mm. and had no experience whatsoever, like with art. I, prior to college, I was not exposed to art. Mm at all. Okay. Um, maybe going to a museum or things like that, but I wasn't making a lot of art on my own like high school. Um, so for whatever reason, they saw something in me and they pushed me and even if I would get like a C on a project or, you know, like a low grade or whatever, but they, they would say, okay, you know, this is where it lacks, but we see that you have the potential to do this or mm. to become this. So, um, because of that, because they believed in me, it really encouraged me to go further. Do you have specific teachers, mm. and do you remember a memory of, like, here's a time where that kind of happened? I know this is like, here's one thing I'll tell you. I know this is, it's a weird thing, and we don't really usually do that in normal conversation, but I feel like, uh, you know, when you're, I don't know, there's just so much power in trying to pinpoint, you know, what were the things that made me feel like that? Were there... Yeah, I don't know, was there um, hard moments where... Yeah. I do remember it was mid-semester. It was a, my first graphic design course. And we were working on a project where we were taking these terms and um, creating visual representations of those terms. And I was being too literal. Mm-hmm. Well, let me go back. So we were it's the middle of the semester. We were having our mid-semester review and we would meet individually with the professor and she brought me into the into her office and she was like um there are some things you need to develop basically that's what she was saying I don't remember exactly what she said those things were but I remember her encouraging me to explore the use of of materials because I was always experimenting with different kinds of materials for the projects 
and doing a lot of iterations for the projects because I wasn't like willing to give up. I, wasn't, I wanted to understand. So I had a hard time understanding what they were looking for yeah. or what she was looking for. But I remember that she encouraged me to you know, try harder, but also really push the things that I was doing well. Mm. So that was helpful for me. Yeah. Okay. And so how... I'm just going to backtrack a little bit. This has gone all over the place just because you're interesting me and I'm like pulling threads. But before you went to graphic design, to do graphic design, uh, how did that happen? Why did you do that? So I have this really kind of romanticized story. Um, Perfect for a podcast. (laughs) Yes. Um, Do you remember the film Boomerang with Eddie Murphy? Um, I don't, I don't know. What okay. is it about? So basically, it's Eddie Murphy plays this womanizing character. He's like a playboy right. working at this big ad agency. Yeah. And he's like slept with all the women, and like it, it would not fly today yeah. in today's world. <laughs> this film, but yeah. it's like a, it, it's a phenomenal story because the writing is great. It's funny, and it just it ticks all the boxes in mm. terms of entertainment. But there was a character played by Halle Berry. Okay. Her name was Angela. And she was an art director, graphic designer at this ad agency. Mm. They never said that. They never, like, I was 13 when this film came out, I think. Um, So I didn't have the language for that. And they never said that's what she was. But looking back, that's what she was doing. Mm. She was the one responsible for the visuals for this, you know, these brands that they were managing. And I remember seeing that movie and thinking, oh, my gosh, I like to draw. I love art. I want to do that. And mm. here's somebody who looks like me who's doing it. This is, you know, the first time that I've seen that somebody's making a living being artistic or being creative. So it was a little nugget. I can't mm. say that I went home and, like, looked up art director or, you know, what this job was. But it was planted. It was a seed planted, which I think is uh, a testament to the power of the visual image. You know, you, when you see yourself doing or seeing reflections of yourself doing things, yes. you feel like it's something that you could do. Is this a, a representation thing for you? I think so. Yeah. I think so. And I, I mean, think, I relate to it in my own way. Yeah. I have very similar things of people with ADD, people, you know, people that I relate to, see myself in, and I'm mm-hmm. like, this is why we need uh, different representations yes. of different people. So important. Yeah. Different stories. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what the brilliance was behind this film because I, th- I know that that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy and the people who were involved, they wanted it to be this, this um, artifact of culture that represents, that shows people of color doing these really amazing things. Yes, right. So, um, so that was the first inkling. And then I started to like, think about co- you know, college when I was in high school and this is like the early days of the internet. Right. <laughs> so Google didn't exist. Yeah. But somehow I came across graphic arts. That's what it was called. And I found... Words can be like a magical portal. Yeah. You're like, oh, graphics, graphic arts. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You're like, like, I remember, yeah, when I saw graphic design, like, you know, like, what's graphic design? They're like, you know, graphic design's a really good way of tricking your parents that you're going to be almost like an engineer, yes. too. So um, true. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like, I just want to draw pictures secretly. <laughs> like, you don't want to say illustrator right, early, right, too early. No. Like, <laughs> it was so called graphics true. art. Graphic arts. Graphic yeah, right. arts. And, yeah, it's, like, so old. But I remember looking up schools that had graphic art programs, and I just applied to the ones that I thought would be interesting. Mm. And Temple University, Tyler School of Art, was one Tyler. of them. Yeah. And that's that's the one that I ended up going to. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. we talked a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you went to Tyler. Uh, well, what was that experience like? Wow. So um, that was, it was a challenge at first because I did not get into the program okay. the first time right. or the second time. Right. But I was determined. That's amazing. For whatever reason, I wanted to go to this school because I, I got accepted to Pratt. Yeah. But it was really, really expensive and the University of Akron. Okay. Weird. So, so weird. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Akron. No offense. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think, think Pratt, Tyler, Akron. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what Akron does, but there you go. But I remember they had the program. But, um, yeah, so I tried. The first time I tried, they were like, no, your portfolio is not up to par. And then the second time I tried, this is, it was an in-school portfolio review. And I remember they brought me out into the, it was like the entryway. And they had a wall covered in a drawing. It was Mm. a beautiful drawing. And she looked at me, she said, a freshman did this. This is what we would expect from you. And I knew then, I was like, I'm screwed. Oh, no. <laughs> I, like, I can't do that. Yeah. But um, it didn't stop me. I just, I got accepted into Temple, and I took my core curriculum courses. I took some mm. art classes that helped me build my portfolio to get into the art program. So yeah. that's how I made it in. Do you, are you just a naturally determined person? I think so. Yeah. I think, yeah, I do think so. Um... I'm trying to think of examples when I wasn't. I just remember my mom as a little girl. There were times where I just like gave up, and my mom was like, "No, you got to do better than that." It's mm. like you have to keep trying or be resourceful, ask for help. So I think that's kind of what helped me get through those humps. I remember watching my brother quit uh, football midseason, mm. and my I could tell the way that my dad looked at him, which is the, my dad's awesome, yeah. and he wasn't being a bad dad. I could just see in his eyes that he was like, and he talked to him about mm. it. He's like, you don't want to give up? Mm. Like, you might not like it, but don't give up yeah. on it. And I think, and for me, I was like, I don't want my dad to ever look at me like that. <laughs> oh Sorry, so Josh, you you're the quitter. I'm not. <laughs> he didn't did listen Josh to this podcast. Did Josh have a good reason? Was he just like not into No, he just didn't want to do it. Yeah. He's a fool. Mm. <laughs> Josh will never listen to this. We can talk bad about him all day. Uh, <laughs> but... But, okay, how do you get from graphic design to the illustration that you're doing now? So, I think I was always a closeted illustrator. Right, like many like designers. Many, yes. Secret illustrators. Yeah. Yes, because you hear or think that, you know, you're not going to get work if you're an illustrator. So, I pursued design. And looking back, I always solved all of my design projects and problems with illustration. Right, yeah. And I was never strong... Type, with typography in terms of, like, setting type. Yeah. Um, or copy or whatever. And I'm terrible at that. I'm yeah. so terrible. And I sadly don't have any interest in... I'm not either. I'm not interested. No. But that's why so much graphic design is that, like, especially early on. Yeah. But, he, but I feel like it kind of, uh, you know, rounded me out by having to force myself to do a lot of the design stuff, mm-hmm. which means that I could create context from an illustration that was yes. a little bit better yes. um, that I wouldn't have been able to do. So yes. I do think it's a good path I'm for illustrators. Glad, I'm yeah. so glad I have that background because there's yeah. so many things that I can do on my own. I don't have to rely I, yeah. on other people with yes. that. Um, so is your so your, your background in graphic design? Yeah, I have a graphic design degree. I also chose it because I felt like I was in an illustration 
program, and I looked at the, what the graphic designers were doing, mm -hmm. and they seemed to be able to do whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> like, they could answer the brief mm -hmm. with drawings or type or whatever, right, whereas true. with the illustration, it was like very observational drawing heavy. Oh, and I was just like, Meh. And that's the other thing about illustration is I don't really think it's about drawing. I think it's about making pictures. Uh, and so, and I think, that's a, I think a lot of illustrators get stuck between well, I'm not really a super drawer, yes. so maybe I'm not an illustrator. And I'm, but design is, you know, too much type or too engineering or too, you know, rigid. I just, I don't know where I fit. But yeah, yeah, I do think yeah. illustration is often like kind of an in-between drawing and picture making, you know, uh, composition and, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So um, but so you went from school to, you, what did oh, you so do? I even, yeah, so I graduated with my design degree and... Worked at Hallmark Cards, worked at uh, TV Landic at night where I was doing on-air promotions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, going on this trajectory with my, my graphic design degree. Yeah. And then I decided I was going to go back to school and teach full-time graphic design on the college level because I felt like I could, you know, give back and work with young people but then maybe have more time to pursue my own creative interests, um, which didn't necessarily work out that way because I was, you know, so dedicated to teaching, took a it lot of time. It can consume you, for sure. Yes. You. Between and prep, grading, being there, prep, yeah, all that. And I love working with young people, and I yeah. miss it. But, I mean, it is performing. and It's a performance, for sure. I'm yeah. more on the introvert side in yeah. terms of the spectrum. So after a class, I'd just be, like, exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> me too. So, I had a quick teaching classes too. Yeah, for, really? At least for a while, yeah. Did you... Um, were you teaching illustration? Yeah. Oh, I was, te well, I was teaching marketing for okay. illustration. Ah, so okay. anyway, okay. yeah, it's a little bit different. But uh, so, so how did that? So, what, so okay, sorry. Okay. So no, no, because I'm I'm like asking you questions. No, too. yeah, don't <laughs> interview me. This is this is your interview. Um. So there was a moment back in 2013 where I was offered a senior level design position at a prominent cable network. Mm. And it was a former colleague of mine from TV Land. She was creative director there. She reached out to me. She's like, hey, we have this position. You don't have to interview. And she's like, I know you work. Come on in. Good money. New York City. And I was you know, teaching at the time. And I wasn't really sure if I wanted to keep teaching. But I also didn't want to go back to doing the graphic design full time. Mm. So it was a moment where I felt completely lost. So I declined mm. the offer. Oh, wait, did you decline it with no answer of like what what you wanted to do? Like yeah. did, okay. I declined it with no answer. I was like <laughs> all I knew is that I did not want to go all the way to New York and start over and then be in the same predicament predicament where I was not sure what I wanted to do. Was it a catalyst to reevaluate? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Because you're like if I you know that's obviously one of the biggest things I could do. Exactly. The, yeah. And if and I don't want that, what the hell exactly. I, <laughs> so I had a friend say to me, he was like, oh my gosh, this is the opportunity of your dreams. And I was like, and you're like, really? wait, it's not. It's not. I never even said that. So what but, are my dreams? So what are my dreams? And that's when I started to dig a little deep mm. and do some research and just started making work. I started playing with collage. I started um, doing some GIF animations and just playing and seeing, okay, well, what is it that I want to do? And that's when I started to draw every day. I committed mm. to drawing every day. And taking workshops and meeting people, doing gallery shows, selling at art markets, just doing all this stuff to figure out, okay, well, where do I fit in this realm of, of the art world? Um, and then slowly illustration opportunities started coming in and that just kind of opened up more and more doors. I was showing more of my stuff on 
my social media sites or platforms. Sure. Um, so understanding that those were an extension of my portfolio. Mm -hmm. So showing my process. And then clients really understood what they were going to get if they wanted to work with me. So that's how I started to, like, you know, I guess build an audience, build a following, and then build a, a roster of clients because I was, you know, sharing and just creating work and putting out there exactly what I wanted to be making. Yes. I yeah. think, uh, okay, that makes me think of three things. I'm okay. not going to remember them all, <laughs> but we'll start with uh, uh, where you said that the social networks were an extension of your portfolio. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I just want to highlight that because yeah. I think because um, social media came from MySpace and mm. even stuff before that, mm -hmm. but it was a it was a kid thing. It was a it was a joke. It was a social thing. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I see is there's a the um, people's hesitance mm. or embarrassment by taking social media seriously yes uh and yet it's very the truth is like it's probably the most important thing yeah. that you're gonna do absolutely right and so how do you think about because you, you you did also just say how you used it mm -hmm. maybe can we just say it again or talk about what's your perspective and getting engaging sure. on social media and how it affects you what you do um well i, I started with a blog mm. and honestly i didn't understand that concept of showing my work on my blog. I wish I understood it earlier. Right. But once I started posting my work on my blog, I was like, oh, okay, I can use this space to highlight the things that I'm interested in, share my inspirations and my process. Um, and then slowly, like, Instagram came into the forefront and then really using it as a place to, you know, do those things quickly. Yeah. Sharing quickly. Um, but... The interesting thing is, I don't think that I get, I'm pretty sure I don't get most of my work from opportunities that. from that. Right. What do you think they come from? I think it's just, because when I, when I ask my clients, how did you find me? Um, it's like referral mm. or a Google search or I'm part of a network called Women, Women Who Draw. Oh, yeah. I get a yeah, lot I've of clients that. from that. Um, and just, I think because I've been doing like the blogging and posting and sharing things for so long since 2006. Right. If people Google, you know, African-American illustrator or something like I have a ton of content that comes up. So I think yeah. all of that legwork, all of that stuff that I've been putting out over time have just kind of put it to up. the top. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I'm, it's rare that someone says, Oh, I found you on Instagram. And right. I to reach out to you. there a moment where in this because you you talked about how it kind of steamrolled and mm -hmm. you were researching um was there i this is a, i feel like this is the best metaphor to get to what i'm saying uh -huh. but was there like a sword in the stone moment where it's like this is this mm -hmm. is it this is what i should be doing or oh with the illustration yeah just like yeah was there yes okay yes there was so Oh, how do I say it in a concise way? No, we got time. You know, podcasts, they go like three hours sometimes. We're not going to do that, but I don't want to scare you, but we have time. Um, so I'm doing this work, and I'm basically having a full-time illustration thing kind of happening and full-time teaching 
and I realized that I need to make a decision because I can't sustain both. I'm like exhausted. Um, and I just, I realized that I just had to take a leap mm. of faith. Mm. And even though I didn't have anything lined up really, mm. which I don't recommend. Right. Like, it's not the smartest way to do things, but it, it's what I needed to make things happen. Um, so that was 2014, I believe. And I got like a really big commission after I, but here's the thing. I made this decision mm. to go full-time freelance without anything on the table. Yeah. And then an opportunity comes. So for me, it just was like taking a leap of faith and just feeling like this is what I need to do right mm-hmm. now because I need to try it. I don't have any obligations. I wasn't married. The baby at the time was like, I could just do this and just try it. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work, I can always go back to teaching or working full-time design again. Um, so it was just a, a period where I just felt like that's the work I wanted to do and I needed to do it. That I feel it. like uh, you, the thing that you said that is really important because you, and you, because you were saying that the, the takeaway isn't take a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. The takeaway is know what you, what you and your gut know mm-hmm. is the thing you have to do right. because everybody has to do different things. Exactly. And I think, I always think about how there's always a, a call to adventure, a new call to adventure that you have to say yes to. Right. And it's up to you to, to identify what that is. Exactly. And it, it's not always going to look like quitting and, and, you know, going leap of faith, but sometimes it is. Right. I think about it sometimes, like, I've taken a lot of risks mm-hmm. to get here. And I think about, I go back in my mind in time and say to Andy, Good job. Yeah. You did it. I'm glad you did that. But then I have a hard time telling other people to do it. Yeah, I know. Because they have to figure yeah, out their own thing. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. People, I mean, because we each have our own journey. And that's why it's hard for me to give advice sure. to people. Because I'm yeah. like, yeah, you know, it worked for me. but And there was all these different things that had to happen for me in order for it to work for me. But it may not be the same for you. So, yeah, I always try to give people that, like, disclaimer. Yeah. But <laughs> the advice there is really good because it's about knowing you know getting in tune with what do you need to do next exactly. what it and, and really because you had a clear sense of that mm-hmm. and you followed it and it was rewarded it worked out exactly uh okay so then you did that now i want to say when it comes to illustration mm-hmm. what i ask people this a lot with their particular thing i don't always inter- interview illustrators all kinds of different people what makes good illustration to you? And, it, and that just means, that can be like other people's, but it's also like, what are you trying to get in a piece of work that we're like, ooh, that's got the secret sauce in it. What is that? Saying a lot with a little. Mm. Um, that's good. I like <laughs> that, yeah. Which is something I'm always trying to challenge myself. I love like a lot of decorative stuff. Yeah. I love filling in spaces. It's actually, I don't know. I, I always have, whenever, whenever there's something that has an empty space, I like, I want to put stuff in it. Yes. So I'm always trying to challenge myself to take away. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, cause you, you know, especially now with so much happening and we see so much, you need to be able to capture people's eyes quickly. And True. they have to, go through and interpret and kind of get through all of the the mess of the visual decorative stuff, then mm. they might miss the message. So if you can pull it away, I think that that is 
ideal. Um, one person that comes to mind is Luba Lakova. Oh, She's, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I love her work. Yeah. And she, she does a lot Shout of out. social activism, okay. um, illustrations, very flat, simple illustrations. I've been loving her work for yeah. like, the last 15 I'll years. You have to show it to me. Yeah. But I think that you just described it so well, saying a lot with very little. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly how yeah. I said it, but I think then you explained it in such a good way of like one of the big metrics of illustration, one of the one of the things that means it's good illustration is that it gets people's attention. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, uh, if you're, if you have too much going on, then you might get their attention, but not actually send them a message. Right, exactly. Right? Um, so yeah, that's really fascinating. Exactly. So those are good metrics. Because I think about all the time, like, uh, I tell my audience all the time, it's really, really hard to hit a target if you don't know where it is. Yeah, like, yeah. And so like, if you don't know what the, what's good illustration. And I do think, uh, especially right now, the purpose of illustration often is about attention. Yes. And then it's about clarity, too. Right, that's true. But, yeah, that, that's really good. And so what do you think, uh, if that's how you, if that's what it means to fit in an illustration, like mm-hmm. being good at that, uh, how are you different mm-hmm. in illustration? What makes your work Ooh, different yeah, to other people? That's a good question. Um... And not even just your work, just everything. I mean, the whole package. Why yeah. do people come to you for the projects they come to you for? Oh, well, I think there are three things. Um, my images are celebratory. So typically I'm celebrating a figure. Mm. Um, Does that, do you think in nature they are? Like visually they are too? Or, but, and then in, in spirit, like you're... Both. Yeah. I would say both. Because mm. usually I'm highlighting, like, prominent people or people who have really interesting stories and this this kind of goes to just my thinking in terms of spirituality and um, all of us emanating, emanating a light mm-hmm. our light in the world and capturing that visually mm. so that's something I'm always trying to bring my fans to. know that I'm way into what you're talking about really? right? yeah because I, I always <laughs> I talk about I this about you oh really did I, did I say something about that or what I think I listened to a podcast of yours where you talked about I was like huh <laughs> I can't remember, but yeah, I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just like uh, I, what I talk about. I have a series right now uh, called Invisible Things okay. where I draw, um, like, if you could see Euphoria. Mm. At, so it's Euphoria as a character. Mm-hmm. So I think illustration is always about showing you what you couldn't see any other yeah, way. Yeah. And so, like, like capturing, like, you know, um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, in a way, you could interpret it as like drawing someone's aura yes. or something. Yes. You know, and but but you know, we have all these invisible mm-hmm. things. Absolutely. And we're very visible creatures, and sometimes it we only feel stuff on an intuitive level. But to make it concrete, right. is such an amazing thing. Right. So that's a, I love that. Yeah. So. That, that's something I always try to bring into into my work, so people know that they're going to get that. Um, and then bright colors. I, mm-hmm. I love using really vibrant. Actually, I, there's a very specific palette yes. that I, yeah. I typically go to. Red is not usually in the palette. So really? if you ever see something from me that's red, it's usually... The client told you yeah. to? <laughs> that's funny. It's not a color I go to ever. Like red, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, capture yeah. It. yeah. Um, and then I would say a lot of my work is about empowering women and, and girls, specifically women and girls of color. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of... I have a lot of interest in that, and I feel like clients come to me because they know that. Mm. That's, like, part of my mission when I when I talk about my work. So you'll see a lot of that coming from me. 
I feel like, I tell illustrators a lot that they're like actors mm-hmm. uh, and that if you want to get, I always think about, I'm going to try, I don't want to do like, I don't want to talk, I don't, I don't want to talk, take up too much no, of this time, but I'm just trying to tell you that. Uh, I think it's good. I'm a, I'm a ridiculous <laughs> person. Okay, what I was saying was, uh, I was talking about Matt Damon writing Goodwill Hunting, all uh-huh. right? And I'm like, this was his content marketing for getting acting jobs. And he had to write his own script so that people knew what he was about. And if you go look at his movies, he plays uh, the unassuming character, or a, a, a character you don't assume is going to be what he ends up being, over and over and over. You have to, I, okay. Once I noticed that, it was ridiculous. Like, he's the janitor genius. Nobody knows the janitor's a genius. Then like talented Mr. Ripley, he's like friendly guy, actually a murderer. Then yeah. like all you know, all these ones like, um, and I think he. I mean, it's over and over and over. Now you're never just, gonna, yeah. no, you're <laughs> gonna sit with him. But um, all that to say that illustrators and actors, I think they think so much about the craft, but not about. Or they think about how to talk, but not about what to say. Mm, and it's mm-hmm. and to me. Uh, the more I've injected myself and my experiences into it, I do a work about dreams all the time, mm-hmm. and I will get articles to illustrate dream articles. I'll get books about dreams. Like, Isn't that amazing? It's crazy. Whatever you create, it just manifests more yes. of that. Absolutely um, true. That has definitely been the case with, with my work. Like, the more books that I do, the more book opportunities come, because I love, yes. I do love doing, working on books. Um, and I, I think it's like setting intention, intentions, mm-hmm. you know, with your, for me, when I first started embarking on this career path as an illustrator, I sat down and I wrote what kind of work I wanted to do. Yes. You know, I wrote it in my journal and actually wrote in my journal that I wanted to speak at Icon. And what? Oh, man. <laughs> I, yeah, my, my listeners also know that I've told them this exact story really? too. For, yeah. I, I, you know, and I, anyway, yes, I do. I have done that same thing and. It's so fascinating. It started when I was, yeah. When you were what? At the beginning, I just started, uh, I remember reading an article mm-hmm. of someone asking me, what, uh, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Like, what, do you, what things do you want to do next? And I listed, like, three things. And then at some point, reread the article, like, a year later. And I was like, oh, I did all those oh things gosh. that year. I love I was that. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> so amazing. And that's why you have to be so careful yes. about what you, because sometimes you just, like, get caught off guard. And you're like, oh, I'll just say this thing. But just trying to be, and that's another reason why I wrote those things down, because I, I said I want to be very clear about the kind of project or work that I, I call to myself. Mm. So I think it's, it's just phenomenal how it happens. But what has been the process for you of putting yourself and putting yourself as a woman and putting yourself as an African-American into your work? Mm. How is that, what has that process been like? Mm. Because I do think uh, Sometimes for illustrators, that's not comfortable or it's not an obvious thing to do, but it ends up the content matters as your personal work content matters as much as the way it looks, right? Mm-hmm. So, what is it? What was that process like? Um, well, that's, that's a tough one because for me, you know, I'm reflecting my community, right. and it's just that's just my community, so I just that's I something draw, you think about, like I'm yeah, reflecting my community, like I have to be. What does that mean to you? Well, I, I don't see it as like, it's not a pressure thing or anything. Okay. Like, um, I have to 
do this a certain way. But for me, it's just like, it's just intuitive. It's just like, oh, this is what I see or these are the people that I connect with or communicate with. Mm. So that just comes out in my work. So, you know, if I'm drawing a family, I just, without really thinking about the, you know, a black family. Right. Um, but on the other hand, what I'd like to happen, because, you know, I, I can do that. I can draw people of color. I can draw unicorns. Yeah. You know, I can draw trains. So I don't want to be seen as just somebody to go to when Black History Month comes around or, (laughs) you know, any project that's related to that. Yeah. Because I can do a breadth of all kinds of of different things. For sure. And I think, and I totally could have, I could understand why you would feel that way for sure. But I also think like, it's not all, it's, you know, speak like part of you have your experience that is, not in your control Mm -hmm. and is your past or your genetics or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to make use of it, but then also uh, you get to decide who you become. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So true. Yeah. So, so true. But yeah, I mean, it's been such an amazing journey. Mm. It's still so new for me because it's been three years now. Yeah. So I'm still learning a lot and thinking, you know, um, I want to take classes. I want to learn more illustration, formal illustration stuff. Mm. I don't know if that's necessary, but for some reason I'm just I'm interested. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I do think like illustration theory is really fascinating. Mm. And I do, I have like fantasized about taking some of the bigger programs. Mm. Um, you know, like uh, this is like a name drop. <laughs> for they, You could pay me some money for this. I'm going to tell you that narrative and illustration uh, masters at SVA has been really fascinating to me. Sounds amazing. Yeah, I don't oh. think I'll do it, but I know people that have, and it seems like it really... I'm selling it. I know. No, <laughs> I'm not going to co-sign it until I get a check. I'm just kidding. But anyway, stuff like that's really fascinating. Yeah. yeah, I regret when I was in grad school, I had to choose between, I think, like a web class yeah. and an art direction class. The art direction, like you would create your own book. Mm. I don't know why I chose the web class. Mm. I think I felt like I needed to have this like coding thing, but I think about it now. I'm like, damn it, that would have really helped for some projects that are coming down the pipeline. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, all right, last question then. Okay. What uh, what have been the darkest, biggest mm. obstacle moments for you in this journey? Oh my goodness. Um, I would say. There's a few, mm. but um, there's always a few. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I moved. I moved abroad to Sweden. Yeah, you're in Stockholm like, now, right? I'm in Stockholm, and I mo- I made that move about a year after my first book dropped, and it was still very much early in my like freelance illustration career and getting a lot of opportunities coming at me, most of which were in the U.S., some of which I had to be in the U.S. in order to say yes, Mm. and having to turn them down um, was difficult. Mm. It was really difficult. But I have also gotten to a place where I'm like, you know, if it's for me, it's for me, it'll happen, whether it's, you know, later or never, but Mm -hmm. being okay with saying no and letting it go, not pining over it because that is something that I can't do. Me too, yeah. <laughs> yeah I can yes. definitely find. Um, so there is that. And then um, I would say oh, it's been so difficult trying to manage everything because mm-hmm. I feel like 
all the opportunities are such a blessing and these are things that I could have never imagined but happening all at once and doing it all by myself like negotiating contracts and um, getting like legal assistance and uh, oh my gosh like accounting and like all these things and not really making the time to find the help to <laughs> manage all that mm -hmm. um, that's been overwhelming also while moving abroad yeah moving getting abroad, married, getting married having a baby <laughs> yes it's so a lot of managing of yeah it's a lot a lot and there are times i'm like what the hell was i think because it's yes. just literally all at once just yeah. bam 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 so they are all amazing things but it has been a lot mm -hmm. happening all at once well just to encourage you i think a lot about how um when you say yes to things, mm -hmm. uh, especially adventures, like I always try to remember, like when I'm saying yes to this, when the bad stuff happens, mm -hmm. instead of thinking I should have said no to this, mm -hmm. thinking, yeah, that's I said yes to an adventure. That I'm exactly where I said this is exactly what I said yes to. Um, yes, that's a great way of looking at that. I mean, because that's that's what it is. It's an adventure, and there's going to be ups and downs. And, and you could have stayed in America. You yeah. could have, you know, stayed at, you could have taken that big design job, and, you know, you, I always think, like, struggle tears are better than boredom headaches. Yes, like, yes, that's so <laughs> true. I, yes, thank you for saying that, because I do remind myself um, when I think about, like, yeah, if I had done the Sweden thing or stayed in Baltimore, like, no, Sweden was, like, absolutely the right decision because Baltimore would just been, it's just been boring. We're yeah. doing the same thing. Exactly. We're doing the same thing. Well, thanks for doing this. This was amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great chatting with you. Yeah. I'm so happy we got to meet I know. Well, as soon as you said, oh, I live in Stockholm, I was like, yes, <laughs> I was just there. It's my favorite thing. So, yeah. I can't wait for you to visit. Yes. We will hang out. Uh, absolutely. Yes. I, I'm desperate to go back. I'm desperate to live there, but that's Ooh. probably not going to happen. You never know. You never know. Never That's know. right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Andrea, thank you so much for being on the show and taking time to do that. It was so lovely to meet you. I'm sure we're going to cross paths again soon. Uh, and I can't wait to chat about how everything's going over there in Stockholm. She also has a new book out called We Inspire Me. It's available now by Chronicle Books. It's about how you need a creative crew to get you where you want to go. And you know that we, again, share this in common. We believe that you can't be an island doing your thing. you got to have other people involved, and uh, it's one of the secrets to creative career success. Go follow Andrea at Andrea Pippins uh, on Instagram. You will not be disappointed. Tons of great stuff on there. Thanks, Andrea. It means a lot. Thanks to all you guys for listening. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for the theme music, Alex Sugg for the rest of our soundtrack and for editing this show. Go listen to the soundtrack and get your groove on with the instrumental tunes that'll help you get into that sweet, productive groove. Uh, go search it on Spotify or Apple Music, Creative Pep Talk Soundtrack by Alex Sugg. Um, I'm rocking it all the time. Thanks, Alex. And, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks for uh, listening. And until we speak again, I got some doozies in the can I'm waiting to share with you. I've been 
I've been writing and I was really pumped. We got tons of great feedback from the last episode. I friggin' poured my heart and soul into that episode. I got more heart and soul on tape coming to you next week. But until then, stay pepped up.